and welcome to the Credit Union Overtime Podcast, produced and presented by the Credit Union Webinar Network, powered by FinEd. Today, we will be listening in on a clip from Elizabeth Fast's webinar, Lending on Low-Income Housing Tax Credit Projects. Elizabeth Fast is a partner with Spencer Fain LLP, where she specializes in the representation of financial institutions. Elizabeth is the head of the firm's training division. She received her law degree from the University of Kansas and her undergraduate degree from Pittsburgh State University. In addition, she has a Master of Business Administration degree, and she's a certified public accountant. Before joining Spencer Fain, she was General Counsel, Senior Vice President, and Corporate Secretary of a $9 billion bank with more than 130 branches, where she managed all legal, regulatory, and compliance functions. So with that, I will let our listeners check out this clip from Elizabeth's Low Income Lending webinar. At this time, we will begin the first question and answer break. Our first question is, during the second 15 years of the compliance period, what consequences exist in the event the property is not compliant? Does it matter? Well, yes, it does matter. And it is a 30-year compliance period. So there is no risk of tax credit recapture in the second 15 years but that project is still legally obligated to be low-income housing. Now, it depends on how diligent that the IRS or HUD are in following up on these projects. The project is supposed to turn in its, its records to prove that it is maintaining the project as a low-income project all the way through each year for the 30-year period. And so legally, they are the project owner will be in violation of that. Tax credits can't be recaptured, but legal action can be brought against that project owner to because they're not living up to their 30-year contract that they agreed to when they got those tax credits. So does it matter? Yes, it does matter. The enforcement is not as strict in the last 15 years, but it's very strict in the first 15 years. All right. Our next question is, who would the investor typically sell their ownership in the project to in year 16? What is the incentive for the new owners after the tax credits have been claimed? This is great because I actually have a slide in my next part that talks about how the investor generally will sell their ownership interest to the developer. The developer will stay in the project and own just a little bit of it. At the end, after all those tax credits have been used, then the developer generally will purchase the ownership interest from the investor. And you go, oh, wow, but that's going to happen. That's going to be a lot of money, right? Well, it isn't as much as you think because that project still has to just charge. It's restricted as to the rents. So the money, the revenue that's being generated from that project is low. And if you have an appraiser go out and they appraise the property based on what return it's getting, what income is coming from it, it's going to be appraised a lot lower than a market rate apartment complex down the block. 
Um, and so that is who usually will buy the investor's ownership interest. Um, it will be the developer. Can you pursue Section 8 housing to keep low-income housing qualifications after year 15? Um, yes. Y yes. It's my understanding that that you can. Um, absolutely. Um, and so, you know, whoever sent that question in, send me an email and I'll follow up with you. Um, just as a side note, so um, as a on a volunteer basis, I'm chairman of the um, the Kansas City Housing Authority. And so we, I get confused sometimes on the Section 8 vouchers. And it's my understanding that the Section 8 vouchers, they can be used on the low-income housing projects. Send me an email and I'll follow up with you on that. I know that we use, I know that we use them um, for the Housing Authority of Kansas City, but now I'm getting my uh, programs confused, I think. Thank you. And Rise, just so you're aware, her email is located on the first page of her slides. Our next question is, did I correct understand you to have said the tax credits may not be sold? Is it possible that the equity interest can be sold with the tax benefit accruing to the new owner? Yes, absolutely. And so when I say that tax credits, the federal credits cannot be bought and sold. State credits often can be. State credits are often a certificate, just like a stock certificate. And you can go sell it to anybody. And you don't have to be an investor in the project. But federal tax credits cannot be bought and sold. You have to be allocated those credits. You have to be an investor in that project. And those tax credits would be allocated to you. But the in the answer to the second question about, well, let's say that you're uh, and a federal investor, you're invested and now you go, oh, well, I don't need those tax credits because I just lost all my income and I don't can't use federal tax credits anymore. They can sell their investment to someone else. Um, it's kind of, I mean, it's a unique situation, but the answer is yes, they can sell their interest and whoever then buys their interest would then be the investor and they then would be getting those credits when they are the investor. So the answer is, is it is it possible that the equity interest can be sold with the tax credits accruing to the new owner? Yes, absolutely. That's the, that's the way it can work. All righty. Our next question is, can the purchaser or the investor have say in who the lender is? Um. As a general rule, I I never hear of the investors saying which lender you have to use. Um, the investors are generally wanting uh, a, a decent lender that'll give you the the uh, you know do well for the project, which is exactly what the developer would want. So it is legally possible for an investor to say, well, I'm only going to be an investor if you use this lender, although I've never seen it done. And I would question um, what was going on in that situation. But the investor will give you the terms of what their commitment is. I mean, the investor can, you know, have a bunch of requirements before they'll be an investor. And that's fine because they don't have any legal obligation to invest. 
I just don't see it. And and I would think that it would be odd if the investor would tell you who the lender, who they want the lender to be. Alrighty, our next question is, many people assume Section 8 housing is the same as low-income housing. Can you describe the difference? Well, the Section 8 program is where the government provides the rent. So Section 8, we talk about it being a voucher. And the voucher is the government saying, I agree to pay so much per rent for this person. I think about it as, as a, as a voucher and it's the landlord then that would get paid by the federal government in cash for that month's rent for this person. The low income housing program is you get tax credits. So it's, yeah, it's, it's completely different. Litex, you just get tax credits, but they're both trying to serve the purpose of assisting low-income households. Um, but, but that's the difference. Alrighty. So this will be the last question before we go back to the program. And as a reminder, if you do have questions at the end, we will continue with another question and answer session at the end. So our last question for this session is, can an investor use a related subsidiary or real estate holding company to purchase an interest in the property and transfer the tax credit to a related entity with which earns taxable income? It is a pass-through. So it, it's a pass-through. You can't, again, you can't sell it. But if the investor, um, if, if the investor itself is a pass-through entity, then it can pass it through to whoever its owner is. And so there's a way that he that they could structure, you say it would be a subsidiary, but in the end, it would really be like, uh, it would, the subsidiary would turn into the owner of the investor. But the answer is yes, but you can't sell it. It has, your, the investor itself would have to be some type of pass-through entity. And we're gonna talk about pass-through entities here in my second part. You can access and purchase Elizabeth's webinar, Lending on Low-Income Housing Tax Credit Projects, at our website using the link in our show notes. You can also visit us at cuwebtraining.com. Be sure to follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook on the Credit Union Webinar Network pages. I would like to thank all of our state association partners, our topic experts, and you, the listeners. Thank you for all that you do to support your members. (laughs) 